0: Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that over analyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I am Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we are going to be talking about Minute 3 of Ghostbusters. We're going to start off with a breakdown of almost second by second of what happens in the third minute of the film Ghostbusters. So this is kind of when we're introduced to more some of the more comedic elements of the film. We've the previous minutes we were introduced to Alice the librarian and we got some very spooky stuff down in the basement. But Minute Three picks up with the shock experiment being performed by Dr. Vankman. At minute three we see the greatest character to ever grace the screen in the 1980s, Dr. Peter Vankman, played by the greatest living actor of his generation, Bill Murray. At 3 minutes, 3 seconds, Vankman administers a shock to the male student for guessing the wrong shape of an oversized playing card. Sitting next to the male student is Jennifer Runyon, is the actress who plays the character Jennifer, who was also in 18 Again, Charles in Charge, and Magnum P.I. as well. At 3 minutes, 12 seconds, Dr. Vankman tells the female student to clear her head and holds up another card. The female student concentrates on it and guesses that is a star, which you'll remember is the last card from the previous scene. In reality, it is a circle. The card is put away without revealing the shape to either of the students. At 3 minutes 30 seconds, Dr. Vinkman asks the male student to think hard and holds up a card, revealing to the camera that it is a square on the unseen side. Mm-hmm. The male student guesses that the shape is a circle, which is the shape on the previous card that Jennifer had. At 3 minutes 41 seconds, Dr. Vinkman delivers another shock to the student, causing him to spit his gum out onto the desk in front of him. At 3 minutes 50 seconds, Dr. Vinkman holds up another card for the female student. This one with a plus sign. He taps the pencil to the side of his head and asks her, what is it? The female student incorrectly guesses figure eight. And so ends minute three of Ghostbusters. Incredible. Yeah. So um, we're introduced to Peter Venkman. Yeah. A a fantastic character. One of the iconic characters from the 1980s. Kind of, I don't want to say that Bill Murray was ever typecast uh, or had one character that he played throughout the movies. He just played Dr. Vinkman so well that the, the personality of Dr. Vinkman I think a lot of people associate with Bill Murray himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much of a party guy he is, but you always see these, like, uh, cell phone footage every year of, like, Bill Murray and Austin, like, slinging drinks behind a yeah, bar. Yeah, just walking into a bar or something like that. Or
1: I, I think there was even one story about how he um, just walked into a frat party somewhere and started doing their dishes at the frat house. Really? Yeah, things like that. He, didn't he have a party-crashing tour
0: last year or something like that? Or You know, every year you hear a story yeah. like that. You know? So Peter Venkman is the first Ghostbuster that we meet here, and he's kind of the, the plucky character who's always the ever the opportunist looking for something to exploit for monetary gain. Prior to Ghostbusters, Bill Murray had played Tripper Harrison in Meatballs, Hunter S. Thompson in Where the Buffalo Roam, Carl Spackler in Caddyshack, and Private John Wiener in Stripes. Uh, that's just a few of the characters of course he was a Tootsie previously right before the Ghostbusters and I'm curious if uh, Private John Winger uh, if the character Jeff Winger on Community was a reference to the character that Bill really... Murray played in Stripes you, you haven't seen Community I've yet, seen yet. a little bit but not enough to be able to answer that I question. really think you like that I show know. but uh, the <laughs> character kind of reminds me of of a character that Bill Murray would have played so. mm-hmm. but the role of Peter Vankman was originally offered or excuse me was written and intended for John Belushi
1: that's right uh Dan Aykroyd had his good pal John Belushi in mind whenever he wrote the part, uh, but Belushi died not long after Aykroyd had gone ahead and started with writing. So they yeah. had some time to recast. Uh, Bill Murray was you know, offered, took the part and everything, and then apparently in classic Bill Murray style, they couldn't get a hold of him, couldn't pin him down, didn't know where to find him. And so shortly before shooting, uh, Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd knew the airport that he was going to be landing at, and they said, if we're not there personally to pick him up, we don't know that he'll ever show up. So they're there at the terminal waiting for him, and they hear coming off of the plane a bullhorn, and uh, him just calling out everyone's name in sight, and they finally just got him got him in the car and said, okay, don't go anywhere. Don't leave our sight. You have to be in this movie. It's one of those
0: classic Hollywood stories of, Meeting Bill Murray at the airport with bullhorn. Yeah. So before uh, Bill Murray was actually offered the role, it was offered to a couple of other actors. Michael Keaton was offered the role, and Chevy Chase was offered the role as well. How do you think a Peter Venkman played by Chevy Chase would have been? This is one of those things that is impossible to say. It's like someone
1: saying... Oh, Harrison Ford is so much better than the Tom Selleck Indiana Jones right. that we would have gotten. When in fact, it just it wouldn't have been the same. So there's no way to say that it's better or worse. Sure, we can't say that John Belushi would have made it better or worse. Peter Finkman, uh, or you know, the same with the uh, who was it Chevy Chase, Chase and yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, so there's there's no way to tell. I love the. Bill Murray, excuse me, the Peter Venkman that we got with Bill Murray's performance, so that's about all I can say is that I'm happy with what we got.
0: There's a bit of an aloofness that uh, Bill Murray brings to Peter Venkman. He's kind of just this guy who, f- you could see him like floating from job to job or opportunity to opportunity, yeah. and I kind of see what Michael Keaton, I think, is a fantastic actor, but I kind of think he would have brought a little bit more darkness to the role, mm-hmm. and the character of Peter Venkman, as played by Bill Murray, is a very a happy-go-lucky type guy, right? to a, to a degree. You know, mm-hmm. He's an opportunist, I think is the best way to describe it, but... Uh, he is a huckster of sorts, and I think uh, Michael Keaton would have been kind of dark. I think Chevy Chase, I could see the character kind of being played close to, maybe a little bit more, you know, Chevy Chase had that kind of buffoon character that he played. Yeah. You know, like uh, his character like Fletch was brilliant, but he was also a bit of a buffoon. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Clark Griswold, total buffoon. Hilarious character. I love those movies. But some similarities. Yeah, yeah. I, but I can it, see it. It, in, in a...
1: Parallel universe somewhere that that movie might have actually worked. Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones, I still think, would have worked very well. I think so. Yeah, I think think so. I think it would have been its own movie, its own cool movie. It would have worked. Yeah. Well, Magnum. But you know what it would not have? What? Steve Martin as Indiana Jones. Was that an option at some point? uh, that's what I've seen. Really? Yeah, and Bill Murray was also rumored at one point to be playing Batman before Michael Keaton got it.
0: What uh, the Spanish Prisoner? The Spanish Prisoner. Remember this, And
1: when was the last All time right. I thought about The Spanish yeah, Prisoner? Yeah, so, like, the other day, actually. So there was this movie that came out in the late 90s called uh, The Spanish Prisoner. It was Steve, David, David Mamet. Mamet yeah. And uh, Steve Martin plays the antagonist in it. And it's a, it's a neat little kind of whodunit
0: mystery, yeah.
1: mystery movie. Yeah, I'd recommend it if you're looking for something fun. Um, but Steve Martin, you know... Really switches things up and plays the villain in this in this role and does a pretty
0: good job at it. That was a point in his career where he was taking some kind of daring choices. He did that
1: in Nova He was kind of taking a lead. Okay, he was either taking a lead from Bill Murray and switching things up and doing some more right. like you know left of center type stuff, or he was just doing it on his own. But yeah, he started to show up in a few, um, yeah, a few more uh, kind of dark natured movies, and uh, it made for some interesting stuff. I don't know. It's a shame you don't see him that much anymore. I really miss
0: Steve Martin. So the actress in this scene is Jennifer Runyon, and she is married to Roger Corman's nephew, Todd Corman, who was the assistant director on Jingle All the Way. And like I said earlier, wow. uh, Jennifer Runyon was a regular on Charles in Charge. Uh, she was on Magnum P.I. She does a lot of TV work. And next year, she is going to play Nurse Zarkov in Bloodsucker Jones versus The Creeping Death. So she hasn't stopped. She hasn't stopped. No, no. And um, I, I found some stuff online saying that she was in Ghostbusters 2. Really? But I, I think that might have just been, like, misreporting. You know, that's the thing when, when you're doing a show like this. or you're, You've really got to separate the real news from the Hollywood mythology right. from the out-and-out, out, just like, you know, message board bull crap where people make up. And I think you and I have really... One of our points we've been trying to do with the show is try to vet all the information that we get. You know, so we hear a fun story, we try to say, like, oh, this is, you know, referenced here. Uh, the story that I just got a second ago about uh, Michael <laughs> Keaton and uh, Chevy Chase... Of being offered the role of Peter Bankman, that came from uh, shortlist.com, the website. Really? Yeah, they had a huge article of things you might not know about. Oh, cool. About Ghostbusters. Some of that stuff we're probably going to be coming back yeah, in the future. Can... Office, right. So. Uh, so, yeah, but like I said, Jennifer Runyon married to Todd Corman, who is Roger Corman's nephew. Now, there is a machine, when you're watching this segment, and it bleeds into the fourth minute, there is a machine over the shoulder of Peter Bankman, or Bill Murray. And it's called an AVL electrolyte analyzer. You'll see this like piece of machinery come up later in... Yeah, when the
1: guy's like diddy Bobbin out yeah. through the room with his headphones on. We he couldn't doing.
0: find the exact serial or the unit number on it, but the, what the AVL electrolyte analyzer does is it injects radioactive ink into your body. So if you've ever had like an MRI or a CAT scan or an X-ray, That's they like right. to have something in you to measure against uh, what's in your body. So this machine will inject that stuff into your system um, for the MRI. I actually did that once. Oh, you had an MRI? Yeah, I had the MRI where they put you in
1: like the big cylinder or whatever, and yeah, they inject you with this sort of uh, dye that they can see through this machine, whatever it is you're saying, and um, they can actually track where, if if you're having some sort of internal bleeding, let's say in your brain or whatever. Hmm. So it's interesting stuff, but it's strange that it ended up in their office.
0: You know, I had an MRI about a month ago, because I was having some migraine headaches, and they didn't make me drink anything. And I'm starting to wonder if the reason that all this stuff came back negative or, you know, with no abnormalities might be because I didn't drink the ink. and Maybe I should have said really? something. Or it was just
1: some lazy doctor who was like, you know what, I don't feel like doing the whole procedure today. Somebody just tell this guy to go in there and do whatever. Yeah, they
0: were kind of um, blunt with it when they called me up. They called me like, hey, Kyle. And I was like, yeah, Like, "Yeah, your results came back. Nothing to worry about. So you Please. could drop
1: dead in the middle of this this recording.
0: If I do. It's on record here. Okay. I'll give you the doctor's name later, so you can right. maybe seek medical restitution. On Listeners, this. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of all the trivia that I have for the scene, but I have a question for you. Since this is the introduction of Peter Venkman, and we're going to get into his characteristics later, and you know what a card that guy is. Growing up, uh, I know everybody kind of has their favorite Ghostbuster. My personal favorite was Egon Spangler. W- was your favorite Peter ba- Venkman? You know, I, growing up, I always liked uh, Ray yeah. a lot, mm-hmm.
1: and because um, I think he's so childlike that it's you know yeah. easy for kids to kind of gravitate towards that.
0: But uh, he's kind of a tweener character. It's weird because he's he's clearly very intelligent and he's got a, a depth of knowledge about the paranormal mm-hmm. and stuff. But the way he approaches everything, like you said, is so childlike. It's kind of like sometimes he feels a little bit like silly, and you see him like smoking and stuff like that. But then other times he's reciting like. He says he doesn't believe in God, but he's reciting like yeah. revelations. Well, it's funny uh,
1: that you say that because, you know, as you get older, I think you could probably want to sort of gravitate a little bit more towards Peter Fangman because he's just so fun to watch and yeah. watching Bill Murray play him. But there's this someone who can get away with the kind of stuff this guy gets away with. Like um, later on in the film when he's yelling at Dana's, uh, the violinist partner out by the fountain. Just being able to yell at somebody like that in public and get away with it. And then follow that up by twirling around like he does you know, yeah. <laughs> in public. It's the kind of person you, you want to be. We all want to be, but none of us could get away with. Yeah. Because you just can't be this much of a jackass. And I don't know. I've got a good friend who reminds me a lot of Peter Venkman. And he's so aggravating. He just really gets, you know what I'm talking about. Really gets under your skin. But I you no just idea. can't help but love him. And uh, that's, that's just the enduring quality of this character. Oh, you um, talking about
0: Carl, right? Uh,
1: yeah, Carl, yeah, uh, Carl. Carl.
0: Let me tell you about Carl. <laughs> that guy owes me so much money.
1: Yeah, me too. But no, a couple of things about the character of Peter Vangman. Uh, if you want to consider the real Ghostbusters cartoon... We've established it. Yeah, you know, we've established it. It's the real timeline. <laughs> it's, it's the real thing. We're going to consider it in canon here. It's um, the real Ghostbusters. There you go. Uh... Yeah, there's some information on Wikipedia that that gives a little bit of a backstory to Peter. And one is that his father was a con artist uh, businessman who had sort of an estranged relationship with him. So you can see how he kind of would have, you know, taken on some of those those, uh, personality traits. Um, But also that when he was growing up, he really loved trains. And he always wanted to drive a train and be an engineer. So he got into engineer school in college. But after two years, he realized it didn't have anything to do with... Locomotives. (laughs) Locomotives, <laughs> and so he said, "Okay, well, what's what's the uh, what's the the next laziest route I can take? Paranormal studies—that sounds, you know, easy enough." He gets in and buddies up with these two brainiacs, who he thinks he'll just be able to sort of ride their coattails, get the grants, and be able to live off the grants. Well, ends up making these friendships with Ray Stantz and Egon Spangler and the rest is history. So it's a neat little and funny little uh, backstory to the character.
0: It's the rest is history, but. So, do you think that Bateman is a jerk? Oh man, you know, yeah, yeah, By <laughs> definition. He is. He's a self-serving um, sleaze. In the nineteen eighties, I think what was considered a jerk was a little bit more lovable. Like, ah, the guy doesn't mean to uh, he's, he's a charmer. for yeah. himself. You know, but like these days, if somebody was acting the way that he does, shocking somebody, I mean, you know, yeah. It, it would be all over Twitter, you know, like, it'd be like, professor, you know, uh, to shock students of own personal yeah. gain. Yeah. You, you can't get away with that kind of stuff anymore. What happened to, what happened the, to the good old days yeah. where American you could shock science. a man right. and everybody would consider you a hero? You know what? Don't answer that. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got anything else for minute number three?
1: Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Um, we'll get a little bit more into the shock experiment they're doing in the next right. minute,
0: uh, but outside of that, no, I can't think of anything. How about you? Well, I think that's all the notes that I've got for today. Uh, a great introduction to the character of Peter Venkman, a hilarious character. We're going to be studying up a lot
1: on the character as we move along, as, as we will with the other Ghostbusters uh, throughout the entire series.
0: This is how you introduce a character. When you introduce a character, you have to let the audience know upfront like, what's going on with them, what they're all about. And in the first minute that we see Peter Frankman, we see that this guy is a jokester, he's a liar, he's out there, he's a huckster, you know, he's trying to manipulate the system for his own gain. So I think this is a fantastic introduction to a character who's. Played uh, just a lightning in a bottle by Bill Murray. Yeah, so iconic. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for minute number three. We'll be back tomorrow with minute number four. The shock test will continue. We got some really fun facts about everything that's going on in the scene and the uh, shock test that this was actually based on in reality. So join us back here tomorrow for Ghostbusters Minute, minute number four. I am Kyle. I'm Brady. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Yeah.
1: Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a supporter, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com gbminute. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com ghostbustersminute, twitter.com gbminute, Instagram at ghostbustersminute, and visit our website at ghostbustersminute.com, where you can find merchandise such as t-shirts, stickers, and free balloons for the kids. Balloons subject to not being free, nor real. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audio Nautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.